Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So far in the instruction periods, we've been going through aspects of the shamatha vipassana. This afternoon, I want to uh, do some metta meditation, which is a complementary practice. So this is a practice of cultivating a wholesome state of goodwill or kindness. Or my favorite translation of this is the force of unstoppable friendliness. So this is intentionally bringing up and trying to develop uh, a very positive and wholesome state. And this is something that can do for one period or in the very beginning of a period of practice. And also this quality of um, metta, of uh, this goodwill, friendliness, is one that it's helpful to get the flavor of. Because even in the awareness that we might have towards any object of the body, of the mind, even of external, it can be helpful to hold that with a sense of goodwill. So rather than negativity or pushing away, or even a cold, distant neutrality. So to know the flavor of this kind of warm connection, of friendliness. So there's a wide range within this from all the way to huge, intense loving kindness to even just a sense of non-aversion at the very least. So just a slightly positive tinge. So to begin with in this practice, uh, instruction is to sit in a way that you're not in pain, because it's difficult to wish well when you're in pain. So if you're currently in pain, you can adjust yourself a little bit. You don't need to be so cushy that you will fall asleep, but... I'm going to begin by just settling into the body, feeling the connection to the ground, feeling the breath in the body. And particularly, you can feel the breath through the heart. So we can begin the practice of metta meditation in what could seem an unusual way, which is to reflect on your own goodness. So bring to mind uh, some of your own good qualities, 
All of us have them. It could be remembering a particular action that you've done, or broadly speaking, something that is something people appreciate about you. A sense of your kindness or generosity, your honesty, how dependable you might be, your patience, good humor, compassion. Determination, integrity. So, any quality that you can think of, maybe what's something that friends might appreciate about you or family members. You allow yourself to connect in the heart and appreciate this quality in yourself not with arrogance, but just with recognizing your own goodness. If the mind is throwing up counterexamples, you could let them go. We don't need to catalog your mistakes, but just appreciate your own goodness. Even if it's a small example, like you held the door for someone, or or give someone a call when they were sick. So with this practice, we want to start where it's easiest. Think about if you have some people in your life who might have had a sense of goodwill, kindness towards you. So it could be people who are mentors or grandparents, parents or friends. Could be even children or pets. Could be even people that you haven't seen in a long time, but who supported you, believed in you when you were a child or teenager. So you can imagine this person or people in front of you. You can feel first as if you're receiving this goodwill from them. So I can suggest some phrases you can use to silently 
call up this intention, but you can use whatever phrase works for you. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you live with ease. So in this practice, we just take each phrase with as much sincerity as we can, and then let go of worrying about what the results might be. If the attention wanders, when you notice that, just gently bring it back again. Reconnect with the image of the person, and just continue with the well-wishing. We can imagine ourselves wishing well for this person or animal. So it could be the same one, someone who it's very easy for you to have a sense of good wishes towards. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy.
May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. If you want to continue with the same person or animal to wish well, you can. Or if you would like, you can bring in someone else, maybe a good friend. You can imagine like they're sitting in front of you or imagine like a picture of them in your heart, in your mind. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you live with ease. We can continue with this friend, or if you like, can invite a new person And this would be a category of a person that you don't know very well. It could be even someone on this retreat who you have fairly neutral feeling towards. We can recognize that even though we don't know this person's story or life or even name, just as we wish these things for ourselves and for our loved ones, so too Does this person wish to be happy, healthy, and safe? And just because they are a fellow human being on the planet, we can start out with a sense of goodwill towards them in this way. It may be harder to hold an image of this person because you don't know them so well. You could pick a staff person, cook, some other retreatant, or even someone at home who works in a coffee shop or drives the bus for you. 
and see how it is to wish well for this neutral person. So holding a sense of them or image of them as best we can. (coughs) Continue to take each wish as best we can with sincerity. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. May you be peaceful and happy. May you be strong and healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you care for yourself with ease. one who will do, who is important not to forget, is metta for yourself. For some people, sometimes it's easy and sometimes it can be hard. So just do your best to connect with your own good wishes for yourself. (coughs) Some people (coughs) like to put a hand around their heart area. I feel like it's easier to connect If you want to do that, you could try it. Or just wishing well for your own body sitting here this moment. May I be peaceful and happy. May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I care for myself with ease. May I be peaceful and happy. 
May I be strong and healthy. May I be safe from inner and outer harm. May I care for myself with ease. For the rest of the period, you can choose if you'd like to continue with metta. You can do that for yourself or for another being. You could use the phrases that I suggested or use other ones. Or if you like, you can shift your attention to just feeling your body breathing. And just trying to hold yourself, this breathing animal body, with a sense of uh, kindness, of metta, of goodwill. So bring an awareness tinged with this sense of friendliness.
with the metta, you can notice if you've gotten caught up in a story about the person or yourself. If that happens, just recognize it, gently bring the attention back, and start again with phrases, the sense of well-wishing. And don't worry about how many times that happens. Just come back again with the gentle persistence.
metta can be helpful to balance out the mind and the heart. So uh, it can be good to do in the beginning of a period, if you like, for a short time, five, ten minutes, and then that can help to uh, orient your awareness to a kind of quality of loving awareness or kind awareness. Or sometimes at the very end of the period, if you like to do a little bit of metta, you can. Or to choose one period. could be the early morning sit or some other period and uh, dedicate it to that. And even within the metta, you can just choose one person to do the whole time. Yourself is a very good object or someone else. Uh, that tends to orient more towards collectedness when you don't jump around as much between people. But even if uh, you don't choose to do metta again for the walking, for this next period, if you like, you could see uh, what would it be like to move around with a loving awareness? So what would it be like to even be doing walking practice with this uh, kindness, this kind of warmth of attention? So the answer to that is not words, it's a, like enactment, if you will. So I know for some people, uh, they've done a number of retreats and very familiar with metta, and then for a number of people here, it's probably uh, pretty new. So I'd like to take a little time for um, questions, if people have questions, but um, also if you're someone who's all over the metta practice already, and you'd rather be in silence uh, to start the walking period, I'll give you a chance to escape now. So this is the escape opportunity now, and then we'll take a little time to do uh, questions, if you like. Can you say? Oh, hold on a second. We'll let the escapees escape, then we will. And if you're someone who's going, if you don't mind uh, kicking the stands and the doors so they close on the way out, that would be great. Thanks. Okay. Yeah, question. When you say enactment, do you mean energy? So when I said enactment, <laughs> did I mean energy? Um, I think I meant instead of um, it being like a verbal answer, like how you do that, that it's more in the um, in the action of awareness in some ways, if that makes sense. So energy, yeah, it's like a quality. I'd say it's like an energetic quality of uh, kind of tinge of awareness. Like you could have an awareness that's maybe like cold, distant, sort of scientific, separate. Uh, you could have a sort of bored awareness, maybe, but this is like loving, kind awareness. Yeah. And with metta, you know, because like I said, there's a full range. Um, it's good to be okay with that range. You know, it's not like it's only real metta if it's like fireworks type, uh, full on. You know, like really, non-aversion can even be good. <laughs> like non-hatred can also be considered. Uh, wholesome so yeah is there a way that you can use the metta almost to sort of escape the 
not so good feelings. Sometimes I feel like I'm almost trying to create, like, not intentionally, but I guess intentionally, um, like a bubble of happiness. And I sometimes feel confused that maybe I'm using it because I don't want to feel the other thing, the anxiety or whatever. Yeah, so can you be using metta uh, in basically like an unskillful way to avoid feeling uh, things that are difficult to feel, is the question. Um, it's possible, so it's good to kind of check in with one's intention. Um, at the same time, actually metta is taught as a kind of antidote to uh, aversive feelings too. Um, so there's one uh, teaching of the Buddha is talking about um, sort of like what do you do when there's a difficult state of mind and he gives a whole range of different things to do and one of them is actually sort of to knock out that peg with another wholesome peg you know like metta right Uh, so that being said if you notice like oh i don't want to feel this and so i'm going to try and switch like there's an avoidance of being able to be with dukkha then um yeah maybe check and see like okay can i open to this a little bit more is it possible to be there because is a very helpful part of practice to be able to be with difficult experiences too. Yeah. Is this what Will was talking about in terms of feeling tone? The feeling tone thing is more the um, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral valence. So um, metta usually feels somewhere in the pleasant valence, I would say. Um, so it's not exactly that, but since everything has a feeling tone with it, then uh, it can be considered related in that way. And in general, with different states of the heart and mind, uh, there is some distinction between uh, kind of unwholesome states and wholesome states like skillful, unskillful. So like metta, generosity, compassion, joy would be in the wholesome, skillful, and usually pleasant kind of realm, right? And then like obsessive jealousy or uh, hatred, anxiety would be in the unwholesome or unskillful, meaning uh, not skillful for liberation, like to dwell in those states too much. Um, And usually those are experienced as unpleasant, kind of contracted. If you're feeling a difficult state. Yeah, if you're feeling a difficult state from the perspective of the vipassana practice, uh, it can be good to know what that is, kind of to know it fully, viscerally, uh, with awareness. And that includes in some way, uh, through our attending to it, actually knowing its quality of being unskillful. Yeah. So it's kind of only by really allowing yourself to feel the difficulty of that state, I think, that we become uh, fully convinced from our own direct experience that obsessive 
jealousy is not a great place to hang out or cultivate. Yeah, to observe it and then kind of observe means like from the inside out. So allowing awareness to fully inhabit the the body, the heart, and feel what that feels like. And usually it's some manner of state of contraction or kind of explosion. And it's interesting as you tune into different um, mind states like this, because for example, um, you know, there's many different flavors of anger, you could say, right? And with the positive, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral, Vedana category, there can be a way in which, uh, for some people, there's an aspect of anger that feels pleasant. Right? It can feel actually like powerful and energetic. Right? Um, but then there's another aspect that can feel unpleasant. It actually feels like it has like possessed you. You, know? you are owned by that state. During that time, it makes you say and do things that you later regret, perhaps. So, yeah, the exploration with awareness to knowing all of these states and all of their subtlety is very um, helpful. So then it's not because someone else said it or I read it in a book. It's because, like, you know it uh, directly. Yeah, so a question about um, including difficult people in the meta lineup. And uh, this is someone who has done meta before who recognized that although we did uh, sort of easy person and a friend and a neutral person and ourself, that the teacher skipped over the difficult category. <laughs> and um, it's true, it can take some like momentum of practice to be able to actually uh, have a sense of well wishing towards. Uh, someone who is difficult, and in this case specifically, you mentioned like um, you know people on like national political scene. Like, is it good to do that? Um, yeah, I think this uh, practice of metta is always good, and um, it's good to recognize um, the that's kind of like five black diamond level <laughs> ski ski slope, you know. <laughs> so. So then, uh, yeah, actually, uh, I remember during uh, a different uh, political administration some years ago, <laughs> I was doing a lot of intensive metta. Uh, and you can actually do this, they have an uh, entire retreat that you can do metta, right, for like a week. All you do is wish well, uh, 10 days. Uh, or in this case, I was doing uh, like month-long, three-month-long retreats, only doing metta like this. And so then if you're doing a longer period, then you actually stick with one person for a long time. So I think I spent a month on one person, you know, all the time, sitting, walking. As soon as you wake up, you start doing these phrases, wishing well, you know, all the time, going to the bathroom, everything, eating, right? It's very powerful. You can develop a very powerful, strong sense of metta. And then, um, yeah, shifted to the other different categories. And then lastly, I picked the difficult political figure, right? <laughs> Finally. And 
um, with the metta, like your job is just to keep wishing well, right, with each phrase and not sort of worry about what happens as a result. Um, but then it's very interesting sometimes, like the momentum of practice, and then sometimes the mind will itself uh, provide some support. So I remember I was trying to do this with difficult political figure and seemingly getting not too, not much, right, juice from it, but just loyally, you know, plugging away. And then at some point I imagined this person like getting out of bed and touching the floor and it was cold and their feet coiling back. And suddenly I was able to connect with that just from a very human level, which didn't mean that I condoned their policies or changed my mind about who I would vote for, any of that, but there's a way in which like I didn't have to hate them, you know, and that's freedom for your own heart. Uh, so, yeah, and it's kind of very basic human level. Like, uh, we can learn to uh, have this kind of wishing well, which doesn't mean that we agree with people or even want to hang out with them <laughs> at all uh, or want them to have any decision-making power. But I guess the angle on why we want to do this to uh, just for general understanding is one is that you could consider that many of the people who are doing harmful things, uh, probably they're in some state of not being happy, well, and safe. Right? If they were actually feeling connected deeply to others and uh, loved and loving and all that, they might be doing different things with their energy than harming people. Right? So that's one. Uh, also, you know, people wonder, oh, is this actually having an effect on someone? So the first one it's having an effect on is here, you know, your own heart and mind. And so we recognize that um, the opposite, which is cultivating holding a grudge or cultivating hatred, uh, is actually very unskillful. You know, it's not good for us. Uh, it's actually not even good for the relationship if you ever meet that person. You know, if you try and talk to them and you do it from a sense of, hatred and, and antagonizing, it usually doesn't go as well as if you can actually be a little more yeah, grounded and neutral or even have some sense of goodwill towards them. You know. Yeah, they say it's like uh, holding a grudge, just like taking poison and expecting it to kill the other person or something like that, right? So it's like recognizing like, yeah, okay, this is unskillful right now. Like, I know I can't do metta for this person. Um, but at least sort of right view is recognizing, yeah, it would be a good thing if my heart was cultivated in that direction. But also just being very patient with yourself. Kind of like, I'm not at that, uh, I can't do those monkey bars yet. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So it's Okay. Um, part of what moved me into a feeling of loving kindness was a story about the person I was thinking about. And it sounds like um, in your kind of black diamond pursuit, that's what you did too. There was a, you know, you imagined cold feet and you could really... And so I'm just curious, stories about the person you're, who's the absolute... Is, is that okay? <laughs> so a question about yeah, use of story for this. Yeah, and the example that I gave um, 
like that image actually kind of popped into my mind uh, sort of spontaneously. So I didn't, um, I was just holding, I think, like a static picture of them, and then somehow this thing came, right? So, yeah, I think a little reflection can help sometimes to get you an angle in, like you said. So in that way, chewing on it a little bit. But then, like, metta is also a concentration practice, like as a meditation practice where collecting the attention and then directing it towards the cultivation of this wholesome state. Um, So for that reason, sort of like once you have a little bit of an angle on it, then let's say stick with not a lot of story. Yeah, like focus on just the wishing well part too. Yeah. Is the collected attention on the um, sort of visualization of them in front of you? Uh, The collected attention is on... Um, primarily on the intention of metta, so like the heart state of metta, I'd say. The uh, words and the image are kind of like supports for the, the main event is like the cultivation of the sense of metta, yeah. But the steadiness of the image and even the steadiness of the phrases also uh, help to collect the attention. But the so main... try to pay attention to the intention, like there's a flavor of it or something? So uh, the, the technique of it is to use the um, phrases, for example, and the connection with the image. So the, the image helps you to have something to sort of send the phrase to um, and to collect the attention and to do that. But really the main generation, I guess, this is maybe a better way to say it, the main thing that we're, we're generating, focusing on generating, is this sense of metta. There's also many different techniques of metta. So... This one that we did here is one technique. Uh, it's also possible to do metta without words, uh, with uh, a sense, for example, of directional metta. You know, um, or yeah, there's a variety of sort of creative uh, techniques like that. Yeah. Especially when it comes to wishing well for people that are doing harm, where does the concept of free will come in, and what do you think? Does Buddhism have a stance on that? Oh, yeah, big question. So, uh, in in terms of people who are doing uh, harmful things, uh, where does the concept of free will come in, and uh, what's the sort of stance on that? Um, I say the stance is that you know all of us are like a mixed bag, right? And even if you reflect on your own actions, uh, probably all of us can think of something that we've said and done at some point in our life that we now regret, right? So you could think back, like, well, why did I do that? So maybe I was young, maybe I wasn't paying attention, maybe I was really scared, maybe I was drunk, uh, maybe I was really angry, right? Um, If you reflect, and it can be helpful to reflect on that, and then you think like, oh, okay, so that's among the conditions for doing something harmful. Where I was in some state of suffering at that time. So that's kind of the same understanding, is that when people do things that are harmful, it's actually sort of in the moment, uh, through this mind state and conditionality, this action is taking place. Right? Uh, so that being said, we do our best to orient towards 
uh, wisdom uh, towards integrity and all of that. And uh, we're all a mixed bag and um, do things that we regret sometimes. So uh, the extent to which we can orient towards goodness, you know, even by taking like an intention for precepts or uh, intention of kindness, um, you know, those are moments driven by wisdom and wholesome states. Um, but it varies very quickly. So, uh, yeah, maybe a short answer to the complex question. Advice on doing metta with walking meditation. Um, I mean, so either you could just do the regular walking and feel like if you can have a sense of the loving awareness. Um, if you go on a sort of metta retreat where that's what you're mainly trying to do, then uh, usually you will continue to do that with whoever the main object is, but you really stick with one person for the whole time. So then uh, you can use the visualization of that person like as if yeah, either you're walking with them and wishing them well, they're at the end of the path and you're wishing them well, something like that. Um, so in that case, if you're doing walking practice during metta, you're not as focused on the body movement. You're focused on the metta itself. Um, yeah, exception being if you're doing metta for yourself and you're walking, you know, then you can also feel the body walking, but mostly focused on the loving-kindness cultivation. Um, but for the sake of this retreat, which is you know, primarily like shamatha vipassana, um, I'd say don't necessarily like muck it up. <laughs> so it could be better if you haven't done a lot of intensive metta and you want to experiment during the walking practice to try the kind of loving awareness angle. Um, metta it can take a while to get some like momentum with it. In the beginning, it can feel like a lot of labor sometimes, like there's a lot of doing. But then as the collectedness builds, um, as the mind gets trained in this, which it can over you know, number of days, weeks, then it can get quite like easeful. But um, yeah, for many people it feels like it's also a lot of work in the beginning. Yeah. So maybe one more, yeah. Hmm. Um, you, you get the feeling you're fed up and you interfere. Um, that's an example. Uh, wouldn't uh, practicing metta in the extreme be harmful to us in such a situation? Hmm. And you could say maybe there's many different flavors of anger. Like what we call anger, there's actually many different kinds, kind of like different kinds of rain or snow or, you know, birds. I don't know. <laughs> so then if there's some kind of uh, what could be labeled anger that's like a clear seeing, like, okay, this is not okay, right? Um, then that energy can be powerful and motivating and helpful. Um, but if there's that energy that's like, um, this is not okay, something needs to change, and it's like, and I hate you, right? It's like, so that add-on is like this added unnecessary friction, actually, in that, um, that is kind of corrosive, like for oneself and others. So 
uh, you know, we're all like wobbling in these ways. <laughs> so sometimes it comes and it's like, oh, this isn't wrong. I can do something. And then it veers into, and I hate you, or you did this to me. So, you know, and then it's like back to just like the energy of something needs to change. Uh, so in that way it can be skillful I think and even in working with your own mind here in the practice it can be helpful sometimes to and you have to do this kind of judiciously actually just do that with your own mind like they say sometimes sort of manjushri right just like cut it out so you're kind of rambling around in some thought zone uselessly over and over again noting it being very mellow and then sometimes it's just good to be like drop it so you can try this like sometimes that energy of determination uh, can actually work like drop it Um, but the trick is it has to be like minus aversion or hatred if there's hatred towards the mind then it usually doesn't uh, work and it's negative right so it's kind of like if like a dog has your shoe yeah, and then you're like, drop it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can say it with the proper like uh, authority as a human, and <laughs> but also like not making the dog scared or something. Like sometimes the dog will drop the shoe, but sometimes it won't and it will run away. <laughs> <laughs> Same with your mind. <laughs> so you could judiciously try it if you want as a way, another skillful means. So. All right. So thank you for trying metta practice, a period for uh, walking, and then uh, one more sitting after that for the afternoon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.